Did you see it? Did you see the coat? Were you here when they brought that back? There was so much blood. I don't know how anybody could have survived that. I know something happened out there in the desert, but I, for one, I'm not buying the wild animal story. It's been three days since the boys got back. There still hasn't been any rain. There's not going to be enough grass this season either. Somebody around here has got to make some decisions. The old man's back in my tent. He's been staying there ever since my mistress died. I don't know, maybe it makes him feel closer to her to stay with me. It gives Leah another reason to hate me. Oh yeah, this is an ugly, messy family. Jacob's beside himself. He won't eat. He won't talk. Something about this whole story feels a little shady. I know that God is supposed to have this plan to make a great nation of our family, this family. But something doesn't quite ring true. For one thing, they won't look at me. None of them. Reuben won't even speak to me. Even my own sons, Dan and Naphtali, they won't look me in the eye. And it's so quiet. Listen, it's never, literally never quiet around here. Twelve sons who argue and wrestle and fight all the time, and now And did you hear what they said when they came back? Did you listen closely? They said, look at this. Look at this. See if it is your sons or not. See if it is your sons or not, like they weren't sure, like there is anyone within a hundred miles of here who does not know exactly who that coat belongs to. It's no secret that they hated him. I, for one, I blame his father. Jacob should have known better. After all, his own father preferred his brother over him. He knew what it was like to be ignored by his father. And did he learn Anything from that? No. His own father preferred Esau while Jacob stayed at home with his mom, hanging around the tent all day, cooking up his little stews. But that's exactly the way he treated Reuben and Levi and Simeon and all the older boys when he chose one child to show his favoritism to. Jacob was born a grabber. He was always reaching to get ahead. He stole the blessing. He schemed his way into the birthright, and then he had to run away to my home, to Laban's house. And there, he tricked his way into not one, but two wives and a whole boatload of brindled cattle. Me, 
and my sister, Zilpa, we were wedding gifts from the house of Laban, a gift to the great house of Jacob, like a pair of candlesticks, a couple of spare wounds. That night at the Jabbok, that's when you could really tell where his priorities lie. Women and children first to meet his potentially murderous brother Esau, while Rachel stayed safely close behind. I thought he might change that night when his name did, after he squeezed that blessing out of God. He favored Rachel so much over Leah that it looked to Leah as if he despised her. God found mercy for poor weak eyes and opened her womb, and she gave him four fine sons. She named the first one Reuben, which means, look, a son. Talk about a cry for attention. Like she thought he would ever finally pay attention to her, every month that went by that Rachel didn't conceive, she grew more and more obsessed. It wasn't enough to just be beloved, obviously favored. She needed to have as many children as Leah did too. Leah didn't make it any easier. It was all she had after all. She made certain that she paraded around the campsite in profile, always making certain that Rachel knew what she didn't have. And that one night, <clears throat> Leah brought out Levi to nurse at the dinner meal, and Rachel ran crying to her tent. That was when she got the big idea. That's when she decided to give me to Jacob to bear children for her. I would be given to a man I did not love who did not love me for children that would always call someone else mother. I would have the weight gain and the ankle swelling and the heartburn, but the babies were hers. Make no bones about it. I will always be a concubine, but my sons are full heirs of the promise. She even named them. My first boy, Dan, means God is my judge, and Naphtali, wrestling, subtle, right? Her meaning being, in this wrestling match between me and my sister Leah, God has judged me the winner. How having two children by another woman is winning over having four of your own, I'll never know. I told you, our family is a mess. Talk about sibling rivalry. That's when Leah got my sister Zilpa in the mix. Oh yeah, Zilpa too. Every year, another baby brought one or another of them resentment in this baby-making war. We have 12 sons by four mothers. Traditional family? <laughs> our family tree, our family tree looks more like a thicket, snarled up in jealousy and resentment and lies. 
At long last, when Rachel finally got pregnant on her own, you would think Jacob had never had children before. He fawned over her, devoted to her, and when Joseph was delivered, he was the apple of his father's eye. Then she had been, which killed her, and he transferred all of that love and favoritism and attention squarely onto that little boy's shoulders. And he was not subtle about it. I love Dan and Naphtali in different ways. Of course I do, we all do, but I would never let them see it. Jacob didn't even try. He had Joseph with him at every feast, there on his right side. He threw him the biggest parties. He made him supervisor while the rest of the boys were all still out there as field hands. It's no wonder that they hated him. But the coat, the coat put it over the top. Full length, long sleeves made of the finest wool dyed in the colors of the rainbow like God's promise itself. He skipped over ten sons and hung that coat on his prepubescent pet. He might as well have hung a bullseye around his neck. It was like waving a red flag in front of ten bulls. He never had a chance. But Joseph didn't make it any easier on himself either, right? He was a dreamer like his father. You heard the one about the wheat sheaves in the field where all his brothers bowed over while Joseph stood straight up. No wonder they were offended by that. And the thing about the stars and the moon and the planets that they literally left their orbits and revolved around him like he believed that he was literally the center of the universe? Talk about delusions of grandeur. He was digging his own grave. I know Jacob says that God has made this promise to Abraham that our family, this family, is going to be a great nation. That one day we're going to be like the sands of the beach and the stars of the sky. But how can that be when we go on fighting grain against grain and star against star? How can God use such an ugly, angry family I don't know who to believe. The God of Abraham and Isaac and even poor old sad grabby Jacob or these boys with their shifty eyes and their improbable story and that bloody coat. How can God's promises be true now? How can I believe? 
It's been three days. There's not enough rain. There's not enough grass. And now, there's not enough suns. No one comes back from the dead after three days. 